0: Welcome to Harlow on Healthcare. I'm David Harlow, and I invite you to join me by my virtual hearth as I sit down with healthcare leaders to discuss building the future of healthcare. Today, my guest is David Murtaugh, who's VP of Operations at MultiPlan, and he is also involved through MultiPlan in the Synaptic Health Alliance, which is an alliance working on implementations of blockchain in healthcare. Multiplan customizes healthcare cost management and deals with insurers and self-insured employers providing access to provider networks and claims review and processing related analytics services. And as I said, Synaptic Health Alliance, which we'll be talking about today, is a group of companies in healthcare interested in developing uses for blockchain in healthcare. Welcome, David, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I will ask to start, if you don't mind, to give us your sort of thumbnail definition of blockchain so it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people but want to make sure that we have a shared starting point on that front
1: yeah i just think about blockchain as a new way of doing things that we've been doing for a long time so it's a it's a a ledger technology and it's a distributed ledger and it's immutable we've been using ledgers since we had anything to write with to keep track of records, but there's always been failure points. There's been a chain of custody that could break down in those ledgers, different parties writing at different times. And so what the blockchain technology allows us to do is have a shared ledger where at any point in time we can see the current state of everybody's exact belief in any given fact that's recorded on that blockchain. Great.
0: So I like that view, the long-range view, and maybe even linking this back to cuneiform tablets. But hopefully, as you say, we're dealing with something that's immutable and that we can refer to. The term blockchain, has—it it is one of those terms that's bandied about. It's one of those shiny objects that seems to mean different things to different people sometimes. And it's sometimes touted as panacea for all the world's problems. But let's zoom in on what Synaptic Health Alliance is doing with blockchain. I when I think about this, and I think back to when I first heard about the Alliance, I'm guessing that's about five years ago now, in in the before times, as we say. And my memory is that your initial project was around building better provider directories for health plans and others in the healthcare ecosystem. And I'm wondering, is that still a project that's on the front burner? What has happened with that project in that time? And where are we going next? Yeah. So
1: that's still our main focus. We've really, we've talked about a number of different use cases. We've talked about use cases that are peripheral to provider directories, like credentialing. We've also talked about completely separate use cases that either some or all of the members would be interested in that are relevant to our businesses. But we really want to get a fully scaled, operational, self-sustainable model with provider directories. We're too close to distract ourselves at this point. So that's We're still very much focused on provider directories, and we hope to have some kind of exciting news coming in the second half of this year just about how that moves from what's been, I'll call a beta version, into something that's fully production scale and much, much easier for members to come, new members to come and join and tag into and have a very clear understanding of what their costs and return on investment for that cost is going to be.
0: Great. So if you don't mind, let's take a step back. And I, I think most people listening will be very familiar with the pain point or the collection of pain points represented by provider directories. But I wonder if you could just lay that out explicitly a little bit and then talk about how exactly
1: you're solving the problem here. Yeah, so I'll take a step all the way back and Synaptic, when we first got together and we talked about this, we had the provider directory use case in mind, but we specifically intentionally decided to describe ourselves as an alliance attempting to use blockchain technology to solve difficult problems in the industry and not limit our mission to provider directories because... We all have the shared belief that there's an opportunity, not just in provider directories, but all over the place to eliminate a lot of waste and improve our industry overall by breaking down a lot of information barriers. And then a lot of these barriers exist because of just technological limitations. If, If you think about the processes that an insurance company or a company like Multiplan, we operate networks that are leveraged by insurance companies and other payers. If you think about the processes that we operate and what's truly proprietary it's only a subset of the data you know what's really proprietary is the rates that we've contracted with the providers but all the data associated with those processes needs to be stored in our four wall and kept secure together and blockchain changes that and says you can keep your contracted rates proprietary but for all that shared demographic data we can use a Decentralized external data source that we can all equally trust. And that's really the difference in what blockchain enables is saying, let's take the data that does not, we don't compete on, it's not proprietary, that we all just have a vested interest as an industry in getting right and put that somewhere outside of our data centers and all access it in a way that we can all equally trust it's, it's just, if we were using a traditional database. It would have to be stored in somebody's data center and that party would just inherently have more control over it we we said we're going to start with directories and part of the reason we were starting with directories is because it's a big problem for all of us and it's gotten a lot more attention over the last 10 or so years but also because we thought that was easy data it's provider addresses provider phone numbers it's all things that are published in our directories publicly anyway there's not a lot of security concerns with that we felt like that was an easy starting point and
0: that's what you mean when you say demographic data it's the contact info for each of the providers or provider
1: organizations is that right yes yep exactly what the key del- data elements name address phone number the specialties that they're practicing
0: so that then becomes something that can be accessed by each of the members or subscribers, depending on how you set it up, and then some subset of that information would be available to the general public or all of it
1: would be? So with Synaptic Health Alliance is a utility that sits behind all of our public-facing directories. So when we originally spoke about this model, we said, we're not going to be able to form a golden record. We're not, I'm not going to be able to definitively tell you that this is exactly the correct address at this moment in time for a, a doctor. So this doesn't replace the directories that are on all the insurance companies websites and on multi-plans websites for our networks. What it does is it provides us a mechanism of comparing notes, basically, and getting cues from each other on the accuracy or inaccuracy of our own data. So there's a couple of basic workflows. So we've got a lot of regulatory requirements in terms of how often we verify the data in our directory. And the No Surprises Act raised the bar significantly on that. We're Our goal is to verify all the providers in our directory every 90 days. And so that's a lot of outreach and activity for us to take on. And it's also a lot of consumption for the providers in their offices to pick up those phone calls, respond to those emails, log into our portals. The way we try to solve that is there's a lot of, I think, the... Average provider is, is in over 20 different networks. And so there's a ton of overlap between providers among all the member companies. And take the three founding members, Multiplan, United, and Humana. Say there's a provider that's in all three of our networks. I, I might not have had any contact and verified that provider for six months. So I'm certainly going to be attempting to email or call them. But if, if I can go on to the synaptic blockchain and see All right, my version of the truth six months ago actually matches united's version of the truth two weeks ago they still agree with what i knew to be true six months ago i'm not going to waste my time calling that provider i'm going to bump them to the back of my queue and say i don't need to attempt to contact them bother them for the next 90 days and similarly with the inverse if i say i haven't talked to them in six months but united's telling me that my information is inaccurate now as of two weeks ago, I might go contact them to try to verify it or depending on how United verified it or if another Alliance member is confirming what United is saying, I might just just take that at face value, not even need to verify it So there's multiple parties here. We're seeing that consensus form. This provider is no longer at that address. I'm going to remove it from my directory right now. So if you look at it as an audit trail of what is each party's version of the truth at at any point in time, and then we can build business rules and workflow around that to to operate more efficiently internally and to ideally allow providers to only contact one of our members instead of having to be in touch with all of us. That would be great.
0: On the patient or member side, the issue is always... Being faced with a paper provider directory when you join a new plan or even a website and the feeling that whatever directory you get is out of date as soon as it's printed or posted online. And here we have an opportunity to keep it as a more living document. And so what I hear you saying is that it's pretty good chance that it is updated every 90 days. And is at least that current.
1: Yes. Yes. And we're leveraging more than just the information that multiplane would traditionally know. We look at our network of a million plus providers and we know that we're not we're not driving the majority of the utilization for all million of those providers. And if they move down the street or something, we might not be the first ones to get notified of their new address. But if Humana is driving 80% of their patient volume, they're probably going to tell Humana before they even move down the street. And then Humana is <laughs> going to tell us, and we're going to know the day that they move, right? They never had to, They never even had to think of us in that process. So it's, I think it, it, benefits, it certainly benefits us. It certainly benefits the providers and the members using the directory should feel a much better experience as well.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is Harlow on healthcare, coming to you on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm David Harlow, and my guest today is David Murtaugh, VP of Operations at Multiplan, and we're talking about the Synaptic Health Alliance. David, so this is one problem in healthcare. Some might say it's not the biggest problem in healthcare in the United States of America today, but it is. it sounds like it's a significant enough problem that you're devoting significant resources here along with other members of the alliance to solve it. Can you give us a sense of the scope or scale of the problem and why this is an important problem to
1: solve? Yeah, so we uh, studies that we cite have calculated over $2 billion in spend across the health insurance industry on just maintaining provider directory data. And I'm pretty certain that's just counting the The companies like MultiPlan that have to maintain those directories, it's not counting all the time and energy that we're asking from the providers to answer our questions and contribute that data. So it's billions of dollars there. So if we can cut that down by any significant percentage, it's a material amount of waste that you're taking out. And there's also just so much churn, so much activity, so much opportunity for error that it creates a, a negative member experience. If you want to quantify... I think we've turned a corner, but one of the one of the real motivators at the time, five years ago, when we were coming together as an alliance and choosing this use case, was a regulatory environment where a lot of states were coming with more strict leg- legislation, and CMS started they either started doing these audits or they started really publishing the findings of these audits for their Medicare Advantage plans and the quality of those directories and the findings were abysmal. It was less than 50% quality is what they were finding the majority of the time. And they were threatening financial penalties. So that that's motivating, but if you think about quantifying the problem and saying billions of dollars of waste across all the industry, which ultimately gets passed down to the consumer one way or another, and then, and then just that low accuracy percentage and the, if you think about a member joining a new plan or looking for a new doctor in their existing plan and having a basically a 50-50 shot of even getting somebody on the other end of the phone, that's pretty rough. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity for improvement and a lot of waste and headache that can be removed through that.
0: Sure. So that makes sense along a lot of different parameters. So you said this has been the focus of the alliance, and I'll try to ask it, maybe a different way of, of, of thinking about future use cases. What makes a good use case for blockchain in healthcare? As I think of it, there's limitless areas for improvement across what we call sometimes the healthcare industrial complex, but how might you decide what's next? What are the kinds of problems... Or how would you describe the category of problems that could be solved by using blockchain? And then how do we narrow that to the set of problems that should be solved in healthcare through using blockchain?
1: Yeah, this is a question that we ask and we kind of coach others to ask as well as, are you doing blockchain for the sake of blockchain? Or are you doing it because it, it really is uniquely suited to solve your problem? And I think where it's uniquely suited to solve your problem, I think about two separate, two separate buckets, maybe. One is like a just pure data, and the other is physical items. So on the pure data front, any, anything where, what I was saying before, was there's non-proprietary data that many parties have to access, but are doing so in a redundant way. And you could find efficiency by aggregating it or where there's failures in terms of timing. I'm getting the data now. Somebody else who's interested in the same data is not going to see their version of the truth for 10 days. And the truth might change between now when I see it and they see it. If you think about something like claim processing, where from what a provider originally submits to what a, a payer actually pays there's a lot of changes along the way there could be edits there could be adjustments and so to have an audit trail of that for all the interested parties would be really helpful or if you think about something like credentialing data where we all whether it's providers health systems payers networks we have to credential these providers and we're all going out and looking for the same information every two or three years but we all have to go get it and start over again. And we're all doing it at different timings. I imagine that any given state licensing board might be pulling the same license for the same provider once a month for 24 different parties that are interested in credentialing them over a two-year period. So there's a lot of those kind of inefficiencies where you could potentially look at sharing the data in a different way or exchanging it in a different way. That creates a lot of efficiency. Gives people access right. To it when I mean, people-
0: talking about credentialing, I'm reminded of the Massachusetts experience in trying to have create a more uniform approach to, to credentialing by payers. And what happened is there was a, an agreed upon simple form that everybody would use, which everybody agreed to, if I remember correctly. But what they also had to agree to in order to get that first agreement was the opportunity to ask supplementary questions, yeah, there was a centralized uniform form, but there were every planet had its own supplement, so we're back at square one so yeah. I'm hoping that in this next iteration we can be more more unified in doing something like this
1: yeah, and i I think you know the other the other bucket is probably one that's more maybe relatable and transferable to many industries. And that's with physical goods. And you just think about having an audit trail for a chain of custody of something that moves around. You could think about it in just outside of healthcare, you could think about it in terms of food, manufacturing parts, collectibles, anything where you receive something and you have to have a certain level of trust that it went through a certain chain of custody. You buy your organic food, you didn't see the farming process, right? You're trusting that sticker that says organic is true. You can think about that the same way in terms of medicine, in terms of clinical trials, and making sure that you know exactly for any given patient or for any given dosage of medicine exactly where they went and what the chain of custody and what the, their whole path was through that trial. So there's a ton of... When you get down to then tracking physical goods, there's a lot of opportunity that translates both from medical as well as into almost any other industry.
0: Okay. there Are there other... Types of uses within healthcare that you're aware of that are happening now, <clears throat> maybe in different pockets around the country or the world.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of companies trying to do different things. I mentioned credentialing. There are there's companies out there that are doing different things with credentialing. There's one company that I'm familiar with that's taken a that different approach, and they they're using blockchain or the ledger to create a marketplace for a specific credentials. So. It's not going to be your one-stop shop to credential a provider, but if you're conducting your credentialing process and you're having trouble tracking down a provider's education, evidence of their education at a certain institution, you can go into this marketplace and see if anybody else has that and if it's been verified and if you can then use that as your source. I know one of the members in the Synaptic Health Alliance is Southwestern Health, and their, their CIO has uh, spoken about different things they're looking into and leveraging blockchain for internally. Just tracking all their physicians and looking at they've got a clinically integrated network. There's a lot of a lot of data in different places as it comes together as one integrated network that needs to be shared. And now, just like Synaptic's doing, they can apply similar principles internally, probably with a lot more a lot more leverage to to go beyond and go into some of the. Um, more sensitive data because it still is all within their net. And then similarly, they're, I think they're doing something with their academic medical centers and tracking the students and their credentials as they build through their academic life cycles. I think there's a lot of different uses of the technology and it's just becoming a little bit more commonplace and something that can be can be done without fanfare not every internal use of blockchain technology warrants a press release necessarily so we don't hear a lot about a lot of it but when we go to conferences or trade shows and we start talking to people they'll say oh yeah we're trying it for this we're trying it for for clinical trials a logistical use case to to track the specimen across its full life cycle and i think it's becoming more more standard almost as an option but it's still very early because i don't know that. You've got the same the same level of technological skill set as you do for a lot of other just common technologies yet, but it's growing.
0: So I think of that as one potential hurdle in more widespread adoption, just lack of familiarity with the technology. Do you see any other particular challenges or, or
1: hurdles that adoption
0: would have to overcome?
1: Uh, I think... I think cryptocurrency is probably a gift and a curse, right? Uh there's probably a positive in that it gathers a lot of interest and, and maybe a lot of really strong technical talent getting into the space, but the negative and we, we see it sometimes um when we're talking about synaptic and say, Oh, do you have a do you have a coin? It's like, no, we don't have a coin. We don't we don't need a coin for provider directory data. Um So the the negative, I think, is the tight association that the technology gets with that one single use case that's really not relevant to the majority of what what people are trying to use it for in in the industry.
0: So, David, if you were to wake up tomorrow and find yourself five years in the future, what's one thing in healthcare that you would hope or maybe expect to find has changed drastically?
1: No, I think... um... This this is not maybe not directly blockchain, but it, it certainly would or should leverage it. I th- I think I would just hope to see a much more transparent ecosystem. Uh where you know, I think I think we're getting there fast. I think the seeds are being planted with all the transparency regulations over the last few years and the data that's uh that's being being made available by all stakeholders in the industry. But I think a lot more transparency on costs. And on, um, on quality and on outcomes and having, you know, real honest conversations with each other and uh, uh, just feeling like there, there's not as many cloaks or hidden data or secrets, right? If, if, we, know, if we know the cost and we know the outcomes, uh, we, we can have a lot better conversations about what's the, the best way to get there and the most economical way for everybody uh, and feel like there's, there's really fairness in the system. And I, I think blockchain could certainly uh, play a role in that, but it's not the the you know end-all, be-all solution by any means.
0: Okay. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on all that and more. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you.
1: It's great to speak with you.
0: You have been listening to Harlow on Healthcare. Join us at healthcarenowradio.com. Let's continue the conversation on building the future of healthcare together at hashtag harlow on hc i'm david harlow keeping the fire going and holding a seat open for you until next time